This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Brandon. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, we had two spring games to enjoy mm. this weekend, so I'm pretty fired up about that. I've released my post-spring SEC power rankings. We'll get into yep. that. I'm fired up to talk some football, my friend. How are you? Yeah, I'm a little down, a little down, Mike, because, again, <laughs> this is the last two of the college matchups. You know, I've never been yeah. more in tune to a spring game in my life than uh, the Alabama and the LSU. <laughs> it, it was – it was fun seeing them, but then it was also bittersweet because I know again we got we got some time before we see them back in action and and uh, thank God because some of them boys need a little practice, you know, little <laughs> <laughs> up. That's why they call it spring, you know. It's uh, working out some kinks and working out some things, but there was also some really cool stuff, good things in the in these games. I, I hope we get to talk about. Right, and I also forgot to mention Shane, our mailbox is flooded right now so keep those coming we really do appreciate those we're going to get to a lot more of those that's really going to help us out the next couple of weeks when things slow down Uh, if you want to be featured on the show you got a comment concern question whatever hit us up on that uh, the voicemail chat line 615-965-5152 we've already gotten to several of these last week and again we'll get to plenty more this week we just we just got a loaded show here this Monday, but again that call in line six one five nine six five five one five two. I know I'm I'm having a good time with it, Shane. We had one guy call in uh, here on Sunday. His message was so long, Shane. He had to hang up the phone because it cut you off after like five minutes. And he called right back. He's like, "Here's part two. He kept on going. So we got some good stuff in there. You know what? Absolutely. And my favorite ones are the, are the hot takes. You know. Cause there's gonna be, we're gonna have some hot takes this summer. It's gonna be a hot summer, you know what I'm saying? And and right. we, if you think your team is the team that's gonna win an SEC championship or be the surprise team to make college football playoffs, I want to hear it. Or if your foe you think is going to fall on their face and come down to earth, you know, I also want to <laughs> hear that as well. So now this this thing is really cool. I've had a lot of people uh, text me individually trying to figure out what that number was again. So for the listeners, Mike, could you give them that that toll free number six one five nine six five five one five two? And it's uh, cousin Shane and I on the voicemail, so you know you've hit the right number when you hear us laughing and cutting up there so yeah uh, well let me ask you because I, I just curious i said toll free i don't know if it is toll free but does that even matter anymore when did when did long distance not matter you know <laughs> it's like all of a well, sudden we just stopped talking about it 
I can promise you, Shane, we're not making a dime off his call-in line. So, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I, to my knowledge, it doesn't cost anything. It's just like a regular phone call. Yeah, well. Of course, no, I say I, that, yeah, and then people's checking their phone bill <laughs> next <laughs> no, month. No, I don't think it works that way. But I, I just thought it's funny because now you could call that. Like, I used to not be able to call the county over. You know, I couldn't call you growing up. It'd be long distance, and my parents would be, like, mad that I've, I spent too long on the phone talking to Morristown. You know what I'm saying? It, and then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, you want to call Alaska? Call Alaska. Here's the number, you know? I think you can call Japan if you want. <laughs> so, yeah. But at any rate, man, uh, told, yeah, it does not cost anything to call this. When you do get it, you'll be prompt with uh, what's your name. So, again, give them your name, and then – your message uh, will come after our voicemail. So, yeah, yeah, keep them keep them rolling. We ain't we ain't ignoring you. We're just saving them up because it's a long off season here. Well, like you said, Shane, this Alabama spring game highly anticipated. Let's get into our thoughts on it. And um, I, I should mention on the last episode we had on Friday, you know, the hot rumor was Miami quarterback Tyler Van Dyke possibly jumping into the portal and heading mm-hmm. to Alabama. He this is the wild times we're living, Shane. He never even got in the portal, but uh, he has reaffirmed his commitment to the Hurricanes over the weekend. He threw three touchdowns in their spring game, apparently looked incredible. And just one look at this uh, Alabama, these, this quarterback competition, you get a good indication of why they were interested in Tyler Van Dyke. Shane, right out mm-hmm. the gate, Jalen Milrow ran with the first team. He went three and out. In comes Ty Simpson, three and out. Jalen Milrow back on the field, three and out. Ty Simpson on the field, hey, you got a first down. And then went three and out. I mean, this was a three and out fest. That's not to say that these quarterbacks are awful, Shane. They're terrible, and Alabama can't win a single game with them. But I really do think, Shane, the concern, and this is, again, we don't, we're not trying to overreact to one game, but this has been the theme all camp. You know, there was the rumors with the North Carolina quarterback, Drake May. Now there's rumors with Miami quarterback. It is clear that Nick Saban is not totally thrilled with these guys. We'll get to his comments in a minute. I mean, he was pretty heated after this spring game. But to what I was going to say, Shane, these are not terrible, horrible quarterbacks. They're inexperienced. Mm -hmm. And I think Saban knows. I mean, how many more years do I got at this thing? He's trying to win a national championship every single year. And as yeah. we're recording this, April 23rd, I have little confidence that either one of these quarterbacks, after watching them on Saturday, are good enough right now to lead Alabama to a national championship. Do you agree or am I overreacting? To a national championship? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I agree with that's you. That's the only goal. I mean, that's the only goal for Alabama. Yeah, I I, I think because, I mean, we got to see a little bit of it last year. This just kind of doubled down what we yeah. were thinking coming in. Uh, the spring game was nasty, man. I'm telling you, not not just the not just the broadcast. For some reason, it was shot from a Motorola Razor. But I'm telling you, it was tough watch if you love offense. It was a tough watch if you love quarterback play. Now – is there talent on that field? Absolutely. That that freaking team is riddled with talent. I think the next crop of wide receivers to come out of Alabama will be playing on Sunday sooner than later. I think these these running backs, they're, they're, there's a true competition back there, and it doesn't matter who has the rock. They are super talented. Um, I love that side. Big, huge offensive line. Now, I will say the offensive line did not play great, in my opinion. I, I still think – 
I liked how aggressive they were letting the defense be in this matchup, mm-hmm. but clearly the 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 offensive line's got some work to do as well to help this quarterback situation. But if it comes down to Simpson and Milrow winning a national championship, I don't know, buddy. I I'd, if I, I'm a gambling man, and I would put my money on no right now. Milrow offers something. I, you got to see a little bit of that mobility and, and you know, he's always going to be an X factor when he's out there because he's ex- extremely athletic. But still, it was just some of those balls, man. I mean, they were just placed up and prayed to God that the receivers make a move. Right. And, and again, this is not to say they're horrible. Like you said, Shane, I mean, they both yeah. showcase dynamic playmaking ability with their legs. Jalen Milrow was a 35-yard touchdown, I think, on a read mm-hmm. option. Fantastic. Ty Simpson, very underrated athlete. He had a big run in the game. But just example, Shane, like there there was a two-minute drill at the end of the first half. Ty Simpson has the ball. Alabama has the ball. Ty Simpson is a quarterback. He moves him down the field but misses an easy touchdown to Jermaine Burton and then a couple plays later intercepted at the goal line. And then Milrow comes in and first pass intercepted. And uh, just look at their stats at halftime. Jalen Milrow, 9 of 19, 117 passing yards, two interceptions. Ty Simpson, 9 of 16, 85 passing yards, one interception. Uh, And and this was the thing. They're turning the ball over. That's what's pissing Saban off because they want to be pounded, physical, running attack. Yeah. And you cannot have a quarterback turning the ball over. We we don't have Bryce Young anymore. We're not going to throw 45 touchdowns right. we want to we want to throw 25 and have five interceptions or less on the season these guys are basically getting that in the spring game you know what <laughs> that's I think you hit the nail on the head he doesn't need a quarterback to go out there and win the game he doesn't he just needs a game manager he needs somebody to make sure that they're lined up I mean he comes out here and talks about this in a minute um, you know, just recognizing the defense. It's that simple. Recognize the defense. Get your guys in the right place and make the right calls. Be efficient. That's what Saban needs. And that's and if they do that, man, they're going to win a lot of games, if not all of them, you know. Right. But until then, and, 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 and I, I mean, it's a long, long offseason, but how much can you learn? How much more are we going to see from these quarterbacks to improve in the fall? I don't know. So, now that portal's – very interesting down there in, uh, in in Tuscaloosa, in my opinion. And it certainly wasn't all bad, Shane, here. Let, let's make it clear. We're not here just crapping on the Crimson Tide. I no, thought fresh, no. freshman running back Justice Hayes, he looked incredible. Three touchdowns, two rushing, Beast. one receiving. This was a guy that's been getting hype all camp. And, uh, man, he, he may start for the Crimson Tide. And they have a loaded backfield. The only reason he wouldn't start is because they have such a good backfield. <laughs> Saban says he'll see the field early and often. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. this was kind of interesting, Shane. Six of the first nine completions went to tight ends. So yeah. maybe some Tommy Reese effect there. Tight ends are going to be integral in this offense. And again, Jalen Milrow was not awful by any means, but he just, at the end of the game, managed a – he had a two-minute situation, and they ended up scoring a touchdown. He threw it to uh, the junior college receiver – uh, the, the transfer in here, Malik Benson, who's been getting so much praise. So it looks like a nice connection between those two. So there were good things. And and at the end of the day, Shane, we could just sit here and say, that just tells me they're going to have one hell of a defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the case. That's what I was thinking the whole time, just because uh, 
you know, that offensive line, as big as they were, was not getting that much push, you know. They they were really having a tough time. In, in fact, it felt like most of the yardage created was just the, the running back's God gift and, you know, his ability and, mm-hmm. and, and the quarterback deciding to take the ball and run. So it, it was it – was, it was tough to judge this game, and I don't want to, like you said, I, I don't want to. I'm not, I'm not shitting on Alabama by no means. Super talented, man. This running, this running back room. Oh my god! Like I knew they were good, but watching it, 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 I didn't know who had the ball. Sometimes it didn't matter. You know, it could be third team. That that guy is gonna, he's gonna make some people miss. So very, very talented in that backfield. The wide receiver core. Very, very talented. I th- I love the tight end room as well. I do like this offensive line. I think they're going to get better the more they play as a unit. Uh, it's just the quarterback play. And, and it's not so much, again, I need them to come out here and just have 400 yards passing. We don't need that from Alabama. We just need efficiency. We need no turnovers. We need the chains moving. We need to keep this defense off the field. That's what Alabama needs. That's their recipe for winning a lot of games. So um, they've got, they got some work ahead of them. And uh, but still, it was fun. It was fun watching some of these these new names, man. The next the next chapter down there in Tuscaloosa. It was fun watching. Yeah, and after the uh, eight day spring game, Shane Nick Saban, of course, met with the media and came out a little fiery. We'll get to those fiery comments in just a second. But uh, you know, front and center, he was asked about the quarterbacks, the advantage of having guys in the system, and also uh, his thoughts on the progression of Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow this spring. Uh, a fair number of teams are trying to plug in quarterbacks and transfer in the spring and fall. How much advantage is there? What are the benefits to having guys who have been in the program for a while, even if they haven't played a, a ton? Well, I think the people that have been in the program obviously, um, you know, have an advantage to some degree because they know the system. Uh, they've had a lot of reps in the system. But I also think, you know, everybody needs to ask themselves whatever position you play. Uh, are you playing winning football at that position, and can you play winning football at that position? And I think that's a better answer to the question, uh, who could do that the best? And those are evaluations that we have to make at coaches at every position. And, you know, we've tried to build this program here with the guys that we recruit and the people in the program, but we have had a few guys that have come in and made, you know, real impacts on the team. And if we see an opportunity to do that, we're always looking for uh, a way to make our team better. Keeping it with the quarterbacks, but focusing on Jalen and Ty, what did you see today was the biggest overall positive from both of them at play? And what was the biggest challenge that you want to kind of gear towards getting them prepared for the next season? I I think the big thing we were working on with the quarterbacks is fundamentally what they have to do to be able to process what the, what is the defense doing? All right, get a, a pre-read of what 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 is they playing? They playing cover two? They playing cover seven? They playing three deep zone? So that you have a plan in your mind. This is where I'm reading. This is where I'm going. And this is the progression that I want to go through. And trust in that and believe in that, and not start drifting around in the pocket, you know, before you give up on what your read might be. Uh, because I think we have pretty good skill guys. I think we have guys that can make plays. And as a quarterback. Uh, it's not only just the plays that you can make, and I like both guys' athleticism to be able to extend plays and get out of trouble and make plays with their feet, which they did a couple times today. But at the same time, uh, I think we've got to work on going through progressions and develop confidence in the passing game um, so that we can distribute the ball to other people who can make plays more effectively and more efficiently. So let me ask you this, Shane. Again, we're not – 
making any bold predictions or anything like that, but just based on what you saw in the spring game, if Alabama had a game tomorrow, which of course mm-hmm. they don't, but if they did, if they had a game tomorrow, who would you name the starting quarterback based on what you saw, Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow? I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, Milrow. I'm, I'm going Milrow. Just the, the mobility uh, mm-hmm. is a factor, and, and not to mention just, uh, you know, He's acclimated a little bit more. He does have some game experience, and I and I think that's important because when the lights come on, and it's more than you know, I don't know how many fans they said they had down there, but you know, when there's a hundred thousand of them watching you, you yeah. know, I want somebody that's that's a little bit game battled, game ward, you know. So right. um, that's I, that's where I'm leaning right now, and I've always been that way. When you've got kind of a tight quarterbacks race, you know, I want the mobile guy because worst case scenario. If the pocket breaks down, he can make something with his legs and sometimes win you games just by that factor. Right. I, I'm glad you said that. Well, actually, no, I'm glad you're not because I was going to debate you if you said Ty Simpson. <laughs> and, again, that's not to say Simpson's a bad player, but right. everything you said I agree with. He's played in Fayetteville. He's he's beaten A&M, although that was an mm-hmm. ugly performance, but he does have that experience on the field. We've seen some highlight throws from him this spring. Alabama has, has sent those out via social media. So I'm right there with you. If, if a game started tomorrow, Jalen Milrow will be my quarterback at Alabama. Here's where Saban really got going. Shane talked about uh, Justice Haynes, the, the freshman yeah. running back, and he he did not care for this question. It didn't seem about uh, playing players, you know, young players, best players. What is it? Nick Saban, well, he got a little fiery here, I thought. Hey, Coach, uh, Justice Haynes had a pretty good game today. Uh, how has he developed this spring, and uh, how impactful do you think he could be for you this upcoming fall? Justice is a really good player. He had a great spring. Uh, he's got great maturity about him. You wouldn't know he was a freshman if you didn't know better. Um, the guys, n- nothing's too big for him in terms of learning, going out and executed. He's not intimidated by anything. And, um, you know, the guy's got toughness. He can run behind his pads. He's got good speed. He's a good receiver. He can make you miss. So, um, you know, I think he's got a really bright future, and I think he will contribute to the team this year. After 15 practices, what do you think of your team's toughness and physicality right now? Uh, I like this team's toughness. I think they're physical. They play hard. We don't have a bunch of guys that are um, soft or looking for an easy way. Um, They try to please the coaches. They try to play with intensity. I think we have better practice habits than we've had in the past. Um, and I think, you know, that mentality gets developed in the offensive line, the defensive line, and on special teams. And uh, I think we have some guys that are trying to step up and do that. Taylor and Coach, like you said in the beginning, there were a lot of young players that took the field today, first and second year players. When it comes to evaluating your rotation for the fall, whether who's going to start, who's going to play as much, how do you turn with young players, okay, we'll live with these growing pains versus – no, we might need to side with somebody with more experience. Uh, we're going to play the guys who give us the best chance to win. You know, I make all our decisions based on winning. Who, who, can, who can play the best? It doesn't make any difference if you're a fifth-year senior or a freshman. If you're the guy that can go out there, and if you took all the players on our team, you think the players on our team don't know who the best players are? They absolutely do. All right, so if you're a coach and you don't play the best players, you're not going to have the respect of your team. Because they know who the best players are. They know who, who that ha- they have confidence in. They know who they trust and respect that are going to go be able to be accountable to do their job. Can't lose sight of that. So it really do- it has nothing to do with age. 
It has everything to do with accountability. And are you dependable to go out there and do your job? Whether a good thing happens or a bad thing happens, you got to play the next play. So, um, you know, we use all these things as learning experiences so guys do grow and develop the kind of maturity they need so that they can play in difficult circumstances. And obviously guys with experience should be able to do that better, but they have to prove that they can do it just like the young guys do. I mean, he's fired up for the season right there, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, man. He looked good, too. I ain't going to lie. Uh, out there in that nice jacket. He, he <laughs> Coaches don't do that anymore, you know? He's still – that. that's what I hate uh, is this next generation. That's going away, some of that – you know, if those that didn't see him, he's in full suit, you know. It just looked like the 70s out there, you know. But, but yeah, he was fired up, and, and rightfully so. Now we've got too many uh, Brett Bielema's in their sweatsuits, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, with their awkward – the worst is uh, – what's his name up there in New England? Uh, the 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 cut-off sleeves and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, what's his name? Belichick. his name? Belichick, yeah, man, that's 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 one I hope doesn't catch on. But uh, no, it's 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 fun watching. But it was just it was good seeing him. He's always, I mean, he looks as healthy as an ox, man. I, I swear to God, Saban will never retire, Willie, man. He's I he. I think he looks younger every single year. So I don't know. He's taking every single dime and he's donating to some sort of fountain of youth down there. Yep. All right, how about uh, the LSU spring game, Shane? That was also on Saturday. And my immediate thoughts, Jane Daniels was – man, he was on point there. And yeah, not crown just, him. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to crowd him, Shane. Uh, we'll get to Brian Kelly in a minute, but he is, he's got some bold comments here. And that's not to say that Garrett Nussmeyer – I mean, he looked pretty good too. He yeah, had a 51-yard yeah. deep shot to Brian Thomas. That was a hell of a ball. Uh, the play of the day, Kyron Lacey, the senior, 70-yard oh. touchdown, one-handed grab, Beautiful. refused to go down. I mean, he just looked like the next generation of elite receivers down there. And We got to see the freshman quarterback, Ricky Collins. He threw a pick six, so he's not ready yet. But, hey, yeah. good, good news is we don't need him to be just yet. He but, was live, too. Did you notice that? Yeah, I'm starting to see that more to where yeah. we're not hitting the starting quarterbacks, but the backups, yeah. free game for all these spring yeah. games. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah, Collins putting that red jersey on. He's like, uh-uh, what are you doing? Not, not. Yeah. Kelly doesn't. Not, you know, <laughs> Take that damn thing off. You're getting hit, boy. Uh, no, I, I, loved, I loved that little action there. Uh, but, yeah, fantastic. If you're an offensive lover – you loved this LSU performance. Uh, this was great, great stuff, man. What about that off? I would say uh, uh, the O line hasn't got enough respect here in the spring, but I, I don't know if it's a knock on the defense or what. But there was a lot of push. There was a lot of clean pockets back there. Mm -hmm. um, very, very impressed with how well that 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 front five played. And I think that is the best example, Shane, of just how quickly and professionally Brian Kelly and his staff come in and develop. Because mm -hmm. this time last year, the offensive line was a was a train wreck. Yeah. They had no idea who was going to start anywhere. They had to start two true freshmen. They're landing FCS transfers and hoping they'd be starters, you know. But here we go. Uh, fast forward a year. They may have the best offensive line in the SEC, at least the first team. And, man, again, I, I think that's a credit to Brian Kelly and his staff. You know what? I, I I agree with you here, Mike. And, and th they did their game a little bit different. It was more situational plays and stuff like that. So it wasn't a mm -hmm. straight up, 
one team versus second team. Uh, but I just thought overall, uh, I was, they didn't miss a beat, you know, uh, and to be playing this well in the spring is scary to me because they're only going to get better. Uh, a lot of playmakers on the outside there. Uh, we finally had a little bit of a running game going. It was, you know, this, this offense is going to be an absolute juggernaut here by fall camp. Right, and one of the big questions I have for LSU, Shane, was just, you know, year two, you're not going to sneak up on anybody anymore, and you yeah. accomplished so much last year winning the West in year one. Will they be satisfied with that? And instead of being satisfied, Shane, they look like a team that is driven by getting destroyed by Georgia in that SEC championship mm -hmm. and committed to not having that happen again. Uh, at least, you know, that was kind of my read on it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, kids, I mean, they were flying around, very aggressive, uh, flying to the ball. Even the defense, you know, I, I, I hear I'm just bragging about the offenses. You know, the defense was like little gnats out there everywhere that ball was. <laughs> it wasn't long before there was three or four of them on you. So, um, I, I, I like that. just looked like the kids were having fun down there too. Right. Um, beautiful day. I, I hope you got to – if you're an LSU fan, you're down there, I hope you got to make it out there. It looked like they had a great, great showing. So, uh, But all in all, man, it was just – it. that was my main concern was it, it can't just be the Daniel show. We need right. we need a full thing here. And, and it felt like a total team effort uh, watching these guys. And you mentioned Nussmeyer. Nussmeyer. It's, it's impressive. Like – I mean, if I'm saving, I'm sending a little pigeon up there saying, hey, come on down here to <laughs> – come on, come on down up to Tuscaloosa, you know. You want to play, you know, because he looked really good out there. And to have him as a backup, talk about an awesome, awesome thing there, awesome get, because, you know, Kelly talks a little bit and hearing a little bit about depth and uh, quarterback depth especially is, is so important in the SEC. Right. So let's kick it over to him, Shane. Brian Kelly on Jane Daniels taking this year two leap. They expect him to be the best quarterback in the country. How about that? The uh, Does LSU have the physicality and toughness to win in this league or at least w win the entire league, something they fell just short last year? And players in that year two taking that big step forward. Here's Brian Kelly. Right here in the front. Um, Jaden's frame's gotten bigger now. He's up to 205. Uh, these numbers are pretty fantastic today, 10 of 11. There's a lot of time from April to September, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of hype surrounding going into next season. Is 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 that warranted? Is this going to be a, a major improvement from year one to year two with Jaden at quarterback? You know, we, we think he is uh, committed to being the best quarterback in the country. We've seen that in his work ethic. Um, I think he was on the verge of, of moving in that direction throughout last season uh, his play kind of dictated that until he got injured and uh, I think he's picked up where where he left off last year um, physically getting bigger and stronger um, leading our offense leading our entire team he's been a leader so uh, I don't think there's any reason why not to think he would be you know the next version of that and that means um, not only a uh, you know, uh, one of many good quarterbacks in the SEC, but one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Coach, uh, physically, you got to be really good to win this league. Do you think, is it too premature to say after a year that you're there, or do you think you're close? Well, I think we're getting closer to that. I think, you know, clearly the area of concern for us is in depth. Um, you know, we're not at 85 scholarship players yet. 
Uh, we're below that line. So, you know, two or three key injuries puts us in a very difficult position. Um, we should be able in the SEC West to sustain some key injuries to key players. I don't believe we're at that point yet. If we knock on wood, stay injury-free uh, and continue to develop, we're going to be fine. But that's not where you want to be in this league. You, you have to, I think, go into a season and expect to lose some key players and still win this league. So I think that's probably our Achilles heel, if you will, is that we're still uh, not at 85 scholarship players, and it's still going to require us to keep this team injury-free. You talked about a uh, second coat of paint a number of times, but how yeah. much of this is about refinement for the guys that you have had now for a year and kind of taking that next step? Yeah, I guess that, that would, you know, the analogy would fit them, right? So that second coat of paint is for, you know, both groups, right? That, that, that refinement, right, for those guys that really understand our process so they can begin to refine their – their mental preparation, um, their technical and tactical. And so you're seeing guys like a, a Kyron Lacey that have elevated their game. You're, you're seeing, you know, some of our players that like a Noah Kane who has really worked hard on his physical development. And then some, some guys that haven't been in this process that are starting to figure it out, right? And so it applies to both those that have been here and those that have our first in this program in, in January. And so I could, I could name guys that that second coat of paint is applying to uh, refinement and understanding what it takes um, to be successful. All right, Chad. Hey, one other team I wanted to hit on before getting to my uh, post-spring power rankings that you're going to rip me apart here. I want to give a shout-out. Sam Pittman and company, big goal after staff turnover this year, Shane, was to get us some elite recruiters. Yeah. Right now, Arkansas, the number 11 recruiting class in the country, thanks to a big-time weekend here, Shane. Three four-stars landed. The number two overall prospect from Arkansas, Charleston Collins, a defensive lineman, a four-star corner from Texas, Jaden Allen. A four-star receiver, Courtney Crutchfield. The number five prospect from Arkansas. And a three-star defensive back, Tavis Metcalf. The 39 overall prospect from Alabama. And this is proof, Shane, that these coaching changes are already paying off for Sam Pittman yeah. and company. We, have, we needed more talent. And, man, they are just recruiting incredibly well right now in Fayetteville. And... You know, any kind of bad mojo that may have been there late last season, it feels like it's completely gone. Um, and, and, again, this has got to be a terrific sign for them Razorbacks. You know what? Yeah, huge momentum, too. Coming into summer, you got the camps going to be firing up here shortly and things like that. So, no, mm -hmm. this is this is great news, Mike. And, and, and again, you're, you're building – you're building something up there. That's that's the key with Sam Pittman. It, you know, we did not expect this to be an overnight sensation, even though it kind of was. Uh, <laughs> we expected, you know, by this time to to get the recruit because that's when I think of Sam Pittman when I was younger. I mean, you were talking about elite recruiter. Man, there's not a better one in the SEC, and and, and just the fact that he's got some more in his staff, and, and you could see the 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 
the hard work's starting to pay off, and they keep doing that, man. The the problem with Arkansas has always been that competitive depth. You do that by keep bringing in great classes more and more, and uh, and it starts it starts showing out there in the fall. So, uh, yeah, great news for for Arkansas fans here. And the good news ain't over either, Shane, because also on Sunday, remember we did after spring, uh, for, at least for Arkansas, biggest question mark I had was the tight end position. They mm-hmm. added North Texas transfer, uh, the wild name, the all name team here, Shane, Varkeeves Gums. How all about right. that? Well, but all right. Why? Why that? It's not. It's not. He's not a big addition because his name, Shane. He's a big addition because he set the North Texas single season record for receptions and yards by a tight end. He led the conference in receiving yards last year. Thirty-four catches. 458 receiving yards, five touchdowns, and he's got three seasons of eligibility. Uh, That's a big get for Arkansas. Absolutely. That's a good – yeah. I mean, last time we saw North Texas and Arkansas, it it didn't work out so well. So, uh, yeah, we got one on you now. We'll just take your best players. So, I love this, brother. All right, Chase, so I teased you here by post-spring SEC power rankings. And again, I have to say this every time because it it confuses people. Two critical things to think about here, Shane. This is 2023. Yep. I don't care what happened last year. I don't care if your team beat that team. So you're betting. No, that's not how this works. How this works, Shane, if Team A meet Team B tomorrow on a neutral field, who am I taking to win that game? And if, if you're on that, then you're higher on this list. Does that make sense? It it makes sense to me, Mike. This is the most scrutinized list on the Twitters. And, again, this is SEC Mike's, not Shane's. So, yes, let's go through the power post-spring power rankings. And you know it's a great list, Shane, when right off the bat, I mean, I got people complaining about number 14, Vanderbilt Commodores. Love what we saw late in the season from them. Yes, they did get it. Uh, a couple SEC wins, but just looking at them now, recruiting a little bit, uh, you know, lower than the most. The transfer portal only added one guy via the transfer portal, so I, I'm still high on the future of Vanderbilt. But they lost some key additions or key yeah. key contributors, I should say, to the transfer portal. So right now, I still have to have Vanderbilt 14 in my mind. Fair or not? Fair. I mean, you can make this argument, and and I don't think. 90% of the fans are going to be surprised here. Uh, yeah. The portal was not good for Vanderbilt. And uh, obviously, if we could have turned that off, I think we may have made an argument to move them up the list. But 14 is a good spot for them right now. All right, then this one, these fans are madder in hell already, Shane. Auburn, number yeah. 13. And a big part of that is obviously, you know, I don't know what they got at quarterback. And I don't know what they have at receiver. And they may have – Added pieces on offense and defensive line, which was critical. They had to do that. But, uh, I mean, you could have the best offense and defensive line in the SEC. If you don't got a quarterback, if you don't got receivers, you're not going very far. So, uh, to me, right now, Auburn, 13, first year under Hugh Freeze. Uh, fair or not? 
I think this is fair because it's just question marks, man. We got a lot right. of question marks down there. We know they're going to be thin. We know, you know, whenever you have a coach change like this, it's always rough the first season typically. Uh, we've still got another portal window to go through. So, I mean, there there may be an opportunity that we get some big names and, and maybe move up this this ranks. But this is more question marks, and until we see it, it's, it's tough to gauge where they truly are in the SEC. But I could see 13, man. Yeah, and it's certainly not a reflection of – Pew Freeze and his staff, but every time they talk, they talk recruiting, they talk transfer portal, and they're not mm-hmm. saying these things because they're wildly thrilled with, uh, again, this is Brian Harson's fault, not Hugh Freeze, but just the, the overall roster they have to work with is is clearly not up to elite SEC standards. Yeah, I agree. All right, how about number 12, Shane, the Florida Gators. Again, you hate the Florida Gators. <laughs> I could have put them 14 if I hated them that bad. But, <laughs> I mean, just the way last season ended, we've kind of had some drama. Our leading receiver, uh, Henderson, just jumped into the portal after spring. That was a curious decision. Uh, but uh, I just don't have a ton of confidence right now in uh, Billy Nate. The defense looks better. The offense looks significantly worse in my mind without Anthony Richardson. I'm happy to be proved wrong on that one, but uh, fair or not, Florida, number 12. Um, I, I could see the argument here. Um, you know, it's not that I, I would see him shooting straight up the, the list, but I think there's a couple teams ahead of them that you could make that argument. They should be ahead of them. Uh, mm-hmm. They got They got one of the best running back rooms in the country. Um, I think they are much improved on the defense sides, which sometimes doesn't get enough respect. But, you know, when you have a, a lackluster spring game and, you know, like you said, we got hit guys hitting the portal straight after, it's it's easy to just kind of pile on and say, well, the Gators are out this year. I'm not one of those guys, but I can, I can see why you got them here on your power rankings. All right, how about number 11, Shane? This is a team that we got high hopes for. And, again, I think they could climb much higher. But right as of today, I got Missouri, number 11, Mm. bringing back a ton on defense. Should be one of the better defenses in the SEC. But that's another one, Shane, where we're trying to figure out what do we got at quarterback? What do we got on the offensive line? Do we have enough at running back? I mean, there there are a lot of pieces to like about Missouri, which is why we – we think they'll have a good season here, uh, but to me, right now, Missouri, you got you still got to prove it on the field. The schedule sets up nice for you to get off to a hot start, but you got to actually go out there and do it. Uh, Missouri, I got number eleven right now. Calm down, Mizzou fans. Don't don't <laughs> don't be road raging out there. I've got all <laughs> summer to work on him and bring you back up this list where you belong. So. This is the first one I, I, I'm disagreeing with you, and, and the reason is, I, I, and I'm going to say it all, like I said, all summer long, I just love this defense. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is the year. I think this is the year Mizzou kind of steps out of that mold and becomes a relevant team in the East and wins some serious games. I, I truly think. Now, it's early. I mean, it's April, and, you know, I'm, 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 I'm pumped up and excited because I just saw some spring football, but um, – I think you're sleeping a little bit on Mizzou right now. Okay, okay. Now, these next three, Shane, I mean, you could kind of convince me of any order, very similar teams, but I went number 10, Mississippi State, and the only reason I put them lower than all the rest, just, you know, obviously new head coach, both new coordinators, a lot of turnover, but still a lot of pieces to like. 
I don't understand why people think, um, you know, they're bringing a ton back considering, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, they're 12th in returning production on the defensive side of the ball. But we got enough confidence in Zach Arnett. I'm not sitting here saying that the defense is going to be atrocious by any means, but you kind of combine all those factors, and I put Mississippi State number 10. Yeah, and, and this is one of those teams that worries you a little bit just because a new coach. It wasn't like, you know, the, the last coach was fired or anything. We all know the situation there, but mm-hmm. this is uh, this is going to be a new look. And uh, But I do like I like what they're doing, letting Will Rogers cook a little bit. That, that sounds good with me, you know. Let's see some offense down there. I know it sounds crazy coming from the Pirates situation, but uh, I, I hope that this offense is very, very aggressive And because I do think this defense – will be matched by their head coach. I think, you know, Arnett's one of the best defensive minds in the country, and that's why I don't see too much of a drop-off on that side of the ball. But like you, Mike, I, I've, I've got a lot of question marks, and it's more of a let's see it before we, before we say it. So uh, that's why I'm a little leery on Mississippi State this year. All right, how about Arkansas number nine, Shane? We love KJ, love Rocket. There's elite pieces here. But a lot of the same things. Two new coordinators in Fayetteville. A lot of turnover. Second most players in the portal, I believe. Uh, we're talking just SEC teams, of course. Now they've added via the portal, too. They've, they've really nailed it with some of these additions. Arkansas, I could see them taking a big leap up this list. But right now, number nine in the SEC, that, that feels right to me about with the Razorbacks. What do you think? Yeah, tough tough team to gauge here because, again, you know, even though you said you're not going off last year's records and all that stuff, you, you kind of you think about it, you know. I, I love <laughs> the quarterback. You know, obviously, I love the running back. I love the, the defense. I mean, Sam Pittman comes out here, man. How can you not love this defense just by listening to Coach Pitt talk? So, I think they're going to be improved on that side of the ball, and that was their Achilles heel, man. You know, besides keeping K.J. healthy, I, I think if they can master both of those, this is a team that can quickly move up your power rankings. But um, going into this week, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with you here. Tough team to gauge, but uh, also a team that I can see moving up this list pretty quick. Yep. And number eight, I got Ole Miss. So you can kind of see, like I'm saying, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, you could kind of – Put those in any order. I probably could see your logic in there. You hear me, Mizzou? I'm making an argument for you here. (laughs) But year two, Jackson Dart in the same system. Seems like he has taken a big leap, so I'm kind of assuming that. I think we got a massive upgrade on the defensive side of the ball with Pete Golding in there as our defensive coordinator. And I just – you know, for all all his shenanigans online, Shade, I love Lade Kiffin. He – I seem to underrate Ole Miss every season. They proved me wrong. He had them in the top ten. Maybe they weren't a top ten team, but he had them there <laughs> last season before it all collapsed. If they can avoid a, a similar collapse, this should be a really good Ole Miss team. Yeah, because I, I, I've told you before, I think this is a better Ole Miss team than last year. And the 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 dart situation was just confirmed during the spring matchup. So – that's awesome, man, because that that's what I felt held them back a little bit at times last year, and I feel like there has been some development. And you think of Lane Kiffin and quarterbacks, that's what you think of, a quarterback getting better every single year. So, yeah, I like this. I like this spot for Ole Miss. All right, now we're in the top half of the power ranking, Shane. Number seven, 
South Carolina. And yeah. Hey, program on the rise. They've seen many a Gamecocks bad that they're even this low, and that that should tell you about how far this program has come. Didn't they beat Kentucky last year? <laughs> yeah. Didn't they, Mike? Come on. <laughs> I've heard that about 50 times since I posted this, but one reason that I, and I'm kind of scared, Shane, and, and heck, we just lost our left tackle seemingly for the year. And, yeah. you know, one guys does not make a football team. I understand that, but – that was already a concern to me. Offense and defensive line. Fans are they're getting in an uproar, Shane. There's there's rumors Jordan Birch may leave Oregon to come back. I mean, and hell, I'd take him back too. But that's just a rumor. I don't think it's happening by any means. I, I don't even know if that's possible for you to transfer and transfer. I, I just don't think it works that way. But that should give you an indication of the, how big of a concern the defense is that we're we're sitting here getting up in arms about uh, a potential return for a player like that, run defense, I, I, it's still a major question. Linebacker depth, in my opinion, major concern. Got some great pieces, quarterback, maybe the best receiver, maybe one of the best secondaries in the East. So a lot to like, elite special teams. That's why you're yeah. in your, they're in the top half, but not in the top five for me. Yeah, I think the reason I – I don't know. I can make an argument moving up this list is because when you think of the recipe uh-huh. for for winning in the SEC, I think of a quarterback, a good quarterback, a good, strong, you know, a, a quarterback that has the ability to just win the game by himself. I, I like that. I like, like you said, they got the receivers. You got a secondary. The only thing we're missing is some of them big uglies up front. So that's why I'm a little hesitant myself to move them up the list. But – this is, again, a, a team that nobody wants to play, <laughs> you know. So, uh, South Carolina, you know, we may be three weeks in. They they'll, they have one of the toughest opening schedules. So, if they are able to get through that, I mean, we may be looking at week four saying South Carolina is a top four team in, in, yeah. in the SEC. So, uh, this they're going to they're gonna have an opportunity to, to move up this list quicker than, than most of the others. All right, how about this was controversial, Shane? Kentucky, number six, was down on them Wildcats last year. I think I'm higher than most. I love the defense. It's kind of a a no-name, kind of like the old Pittsburgh Steelers defense, Shane. May not be household names just yet, but a lot of quality uh, players at at all three levels of this defense. Just picked up an offensive line transfer. I like to see that. Ray Davis was a big pickup at running back. But to me, Shane, the more I hear – about Devin Leary, our incoming quarterback, gives me hope that he can be a special player in this Liam Cohen offense. And just think, Shane, I mean, he had an opportunity to go to Auburn. I believe he had an opportunity to go to Florida. And five, ten years ago, Kentucky's not landing a quarterback over Florida and Auburn. Mm -hmm. But he believes in Liam Cohen. He believes in Mark Stoops to get that out of him. And if nothing else, man, I've – I'd be wearing that feather in my cap if I'm a Kentucky fan. You know what? Yeah, man, no. And you have the opportunity to put yet a third quarterback in in the NFL in a row. So I think that's that's important. Now, obviously, uh, our boy wasn't didn't get you know drafted for his quarterback skills, but he still played in the NFL. That's that's what they're they're pitching there is. Hey, this is just a you know it's always funny because Kentucky was always like a, a, a step 
you know. It was like a step to get to wherever you want to go. A coaching hire, you go to Kentucky, you move on. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to play at another school, you could go to Kentucky and then who knows, transfer out and get to another school. It, it's no longer that case. You're you're the only move up from Kentucky is to the NFL, which they're doing all the time. So um, I like this with Kentucky. It, the problem is we've got a lot of new pieces, and, and we're. I don't know. Maybe we're drinking a little bit of that blue Kool-Aid and we're, you know, like getting fired up and, and think that this team's just going to be, you know, exponentially better than they, they were last year. And um, I'm with it. I'm with you, man. I like this. I like everything that they're doing. Uh, you, you talked about the defense. The You re- referenced the Steelers. We'll call them the, the blue curtain, you know. So maybe they could do it. That offensive line improved. Quarterback, I think – you can't say improved, but you know when you got a banged up quarterback, yeah, maybe it is improved. Uh, running running game, I think is going to be. I love Davis. I think he's going to be a huge piece of that Kentucky offense. And uh, there's not there's a lot not to love uh, or a lot to love about Kentucky. So yeah, I like him on this list here. Now maybe the most controversial selection, Shane. Already hearing it. Oh my God, we're doing this again, hyping them up. They got no place in the top five. But my Texas A&M Aggie shade of putting them number five. I just, man, there's a lot to like about A&M. And fair, remember we did those, those stupid FPI rankings? What's, what's the argument you're hearing? That they shouldn't be this high or they're too high? That they should be wait, they 12, should, yeah. 11, 14. I mean, they were really? awful last okay. year. Let's get, let, yeah. I mean, let's tell it like it is. They were awful. Uh, they were one of the worst in the SEC. And it, remember w- when we talked about those terrible FPI rankings, I said, mm-hmm. you know, they got to earn it. So maybe I'm kind of talking outside both my mouth here. But I'm not saying A&M should be, you know, top 10 in the country in the preseason. I, I wouldn't vote them there. But that's not what this is. This is if Texas A&M met Kentucky, met South Carolina, met Ole Miss on a neutral field tomorrow – I like the Aggies, Shane. And, you know, we saw Max Johnson look good in in the spring. And that's – we might have a quarterback controversy, which I think is yeah. good because anytime we have anointed A&M, we're giving them anything, Connor Wigman, all this hype, he looked good at the tail end of the last season. If we just hand him the job, I think that's the worst thing. So I like that he's being pushed. I love yeah. the weapons we have. Evan Stewart, I think he may be an All-American at receiver. Anaya Smith is back. Ruben Owens, the freshman running back, looked good. The offensive line, Shane, the offensive line is so stacked right now in College Station. They had an all-SEC freshman who started at center. He had to transfer out because he lost his job. So that gives you an indication of how good they are at the offensive line right now in terms of their starting depth. Uh, I think the defensive line will be one of the best in the SEC, maybe the best secondary in the SEC. So a lot to like about them fighting Aggies. I got them number five. (laughs) Fight me on it. Well, I'm looking at all these helmets. There's not one team below you that wants to play Texas A&M. So the reason you don't want to play them is because they are super talented. They've got a lot of lot of great great talent on that roster. So it's just putting it together. Can they put it together? Can Jimbo put it together? Can he step out of the way and and, and let let this thing go? Um, I, I think they do that this year. And I think we look back and say, I can't believe Texas A&M was fifth in the power rankings. This is a team that that truly should be a, a top three uh, by the end of the year, in my opinion. But, again, 
we were hurt last season. I, me especially, you know. I look like a fool down there. SEC media days, buying in all that A&M hot. And I'm kind of buying back into it. The more you talk about them, I want to move them further up this list. So, yeah, I, I like Texas A&M, and, and, and I, I could see them higher. Uh, but, again, from last season, I'm just I'm a little scared. All right, how about this one, Shane? Number four. Them Alabama Crimson Tide for years and years. Number one or two at worst. But I got them all the way down at four, Shane. Clearly, we know the the questions there. Both coordinators gone. New quarterback. We don't know who that is. They're desperate to add people via the transfer portal. Yes, elite roster. Probably a number two roster in the country. But guess what, Shane? They were probably number one roster last year. They lost multiple games. So, I ain't buying that either. Um, I'm just I'm a little concerned here about Alabama. Again, this is if Alabama met the three teams ahead of them on a neutral field, who am I taking? I'm taking the other ones. Thoughts on that? What's that hotline number, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Paul Feinbaum's crew finds out about this segment. You're getting your ass beat. So, uh, Mike, you know I could see that. I mean, we're talking power rankings, and if they play right now. And honestly, if you watched any of that product put on the field Saturday and, and some of the teams that weren't mentioned, those that's what's standing out to me. Those other teams, we haven't done Tennessee, we haven't done Georgia, we haven't done LSU, but those guys were, were humming. That, that offense was moving. Some of their defenses was moving. Mm-hmm. Alabama had moments, they had flashes, but it wasn't all put together, which is part of the reason they got in trouble last year, man. You know, you think about the Tennessee game, they had opportunities to put that one away. They had opportunities to put LSU away, but they didn't. They kept making stupid mistakes, and I saw that in the spring again. So, yes, neutral side, these two these teams playing, you could easily make the case that they wouldn't. But, again, super talented. A lot of young talent too this is a team that we get to week 12 week 13 if they've got all this shit figured out man nobody wants to play alabama so but until then spring post spring absolutely i'm good with having them here at the four spot mm-hmm. all right number three shane did this one for you them tennessee vols <laughs> just got so much faith in josh heupel to get that offense humming once again that's all that guy does and man i probably said it so many times the audience is sick of hearing it, but I just think the defense is going to be the best defense, most talented, deepest defense under the Josh Heupel era. I know it's been a brief era here, but uh, mm-hmm. still some questions, no doubt, with Tennessee. Offensive line is one, tight end perhaps, maybe even Joe Milton. But whether it's Joe Milton or Nico, we've got talent. We've got a quarterback that can get us big-time wins in the SEC. Thoughts on Tennessee, number three. Did you did you think at all about putting them in the one spot? I mean, did they get other receiving votes or anything for that? No, okay. not in this poll. <laughs> Mike, I'm with you here, and this is this is again a team that I don't know. I I mean, I know you're gonna you're gonna make an argument here with LSU, and and it just feels like. If we would have saw a better performance in the spring game from Joe Milton, you would have him at that two spot. And and I'm not I'm not I'm not 
poo-pooing anything that Joe Milton did or the Tennessee offense did. It was kind of it was kind of tough because not all the players were out there, and and you know we just saw a, a handful of plays uh, from the number one unit. So this is a team that that near and dear to me, obviously, because I'm biased. My name's Big Orange Vols on Twitter for a reason. So I'd love to see them move further up this list, but I can. I can see why you put them at the three spot here. Mm-hmm. I do think they're better. I, I think. I, I mean, short, short. Now, obviously, they lost some talent, but I, I love the defense. I think the defense is going to be much improved, which is, I, I don't think you understand how big that is for this program. And then on the offensive side, it's the question marks. It's the offensive line. It's the quarterback play. You know, how does this this core of receivers mesh with with Joe Milton? So uh, there's those lingering question marks that can easily be put away week two, week three into this thing. But until then, I'm I'm okay with the third spot here. So number two, you already teased it, Shane. Them LSU Tigers, and I thought you yeah. made a heck of a point the other day. This is a the team that everybody should be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Georgia, I mean, we got to put Georgia there, but Georgia's won back-to-back. And at yeah. some point, may not happen this year. Hell, it may never happen, Shane. But at, at some point, human nature, you're, you're at the mountain. Is it hard? You know, it's so hard to stay on top of that mountain, particularly when there's programs like LSU and Tennessee and, and Alabama chase you, A&M, that have not tasted Alabama clearly has, but those others have not won the national championship at least uh, in the last two or three years. So the players on the roster have not tasted that success. And I think that's a big reason why I got LSU up here. They're driven. They overexceeded, And clearly they're not coasting on their accomplishments. And Brian Kelly, it's all he's, – he's obviously the engine that's leading this train – and I love the fact day one, he says, I'm down here to win championships. I'm down here to play Nick Saban. And he beat Nick Saban's ass his first year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's a hell of a coach. Yeah, and, and I, and I, love, I, I kind of like how open and honest Kelly is. You know, we, we played his comments earlier. He's he, he shot you straight. Hey, if we stay healthy, we're running, man. We're going with anybody yeah. in the SEC. And uh, short of that, I don't, I don't see anything slowing him down. So when you're talking power rankings, we're talking about a healthy team right now Mm -hmm. meeting up with another team team b at a neutral site yeah lsu's scary as hell right now because you got a heisman favorite quarterback i would imagine Uh, i'm sure there's other names going to pop up but the the way daniel's playing the the way some of these guys stepped up in the spring man it's scary it's scary how good this offense can be uh so yeah i am with you here number two lsu um and and if, you, if anybody's giving Georgia a run, it's going to be that team in the West right now. Yeah, so obviously Georgia, number one, back-to-back national champions, undefeated last year. Yeah. And I was just laughing, Shane. I, I don't know how I stumbled on this, but I stumbled on the, the drive chart for what they – again, this is not last year, but what they did to TCU. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I mean, it, that was like a, a, a heavyweight fight, you know, that yeah. well, that they have to call, you know, and they say, no more of this, no more. I mean, that's what should have happened in about the second quarter of last year's game. And, I mean, they just – hell, they looked even better in the spring game. That It was just incredible. Carson Beck looks like that guy. If he can come in there, he, hell, he might even be an upgrade at the quarterback yeah. position, as crazy as that is to say. Uh, the dogs are on top until further notice, and – Man, with that schedule they got, I I just don't see them losing the game. 
Reloaded, my friend. Emphasis on loaded. That's that's Georgia's that's Georgia's motto down there, and and rightfully so. I think the big one for me was Beck seeing him in the spring. It's it's he looked like a seasoned vet. You know, he yeah. looked like a guy that's been there before. This this team did not miss a beat. It, if they play right now, I swear to God, Mike, if you're doing power rankings with 15 teams and and you added Georgia's second team, you know they're probably what eight or nine in that <laughs> ranking. So this team's loaded, well coached, and until until I see something different, and still unless I see a fallout like Mizzou or something, this team's just going to keep running, man. They're just going to keep going. We may have to do next time, Shane. How many NFL teams can Georgia beat? You know, and they start all that garbage. But <laughs> yeah. that might have to be a next discussion. You know what? Absolutely, absolutely. It's, and I feel bad for Georgia because, guys, we're not going to talk much about you because we. It's funny we did this last year. You remember that week two, week three, in that everybody's like, "Why don't you ever talk about George Bulldogs?" It's like, well. How, how what do you, you want us to keep patting you on the back you know so you guys are good we get it uh I, we're gonna talk plenty about you but it is uh it, it is a freaking machine that they're running down there that, that's the king yep. of the mountain right now you ever, remember that game we used to play king of the hill you get on you stand on top and everybody try to get up there and knock you down oh well, yeah that's them they've had it two years in a row and going to the three they want that third they want that third ring for sure <laughs> Well, brother, hey, that's all I got on this episode of the show. You got anything before we hop off the line? No, man. Like I said, it was just good to see some college football. Uh, it's good to see you again. Uh, the listeners appreciate everybody pitching in and, and calling and retweeting and helping us out and get the word out. I mean, if it weren't for y'all, we wouldn't be doing this. Uh, I, I say that all the time, but I truly mean it. A lot of our show has grown word of mouth, somebody talking about us. Uh, I heard you get a plug on Paul Feinbaum the other day. Somebody came up <laughs> and, and recommended an interview. I mean, it's small things like that. You may not think it means anything, but it truly does to us. And uh, if it weren't for y'all, we, we wouldn't be here. So, Appreciate you. I hope you all have a wonderful Monday. Monday sucks, so at least we hope the show was good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So I appreciate each and every one of you, and I appreciate you, Cousin Shane, for showing up. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols. God, I can't believe you had his third, Mike. You're supposed to be the Tennessee homer. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.